Welcome to First Reading, the Old Testament lectionary podcast where preachers become scholars and scholars stay as dorky as we've ever been. (laughs) I'm Rachel Wren. And I'm Tim McMinch. Okay, friends, we are in Genesis chapter 12 this week, which is the first reading for March 8th. And Rachel has done some preparation for us. The lectionary gives us the first uh, like three and a half verses yeah. <laughs> of Genesis 12. So it's kind of an itty bitty, well-known text. Uh, so um, maybe, maybe we want to take on a little more of it. Or what do you think, Rachel? Yeah, I. Um, it is it is about as itty bitty as we ever get in a lectionary text. Um, and in part because it is a very important text for multiple traditions. I mean, if you think about Paul, if you think about Augustine, if you think about Martin Luther, like this in some ways is a lot of the bedrock of much of Christian theology. Um, So there's a lot to talk about in this. At the same time, if you're talking about it just from a biblical standpoint, it's such a small text that it can be hard to know what to preach on in it when you're only given such a little piece. So there's a couple different opportunities to broaden it, which could make it a little bit easier to preach it. The section before this is called the prehistory. So if you're talking Genesis 1 through most of 11, it's the stories that more match is what we might call mythology. Not myth as in necessarily untrue, but kind of cosmic in scope. Mm-hmm. You've got God up in the heavens peering down to see all of humanity working together to build a tower, to reach up into the heavens. It's huge. And it narrows really quickly from there to this one person. The stories with Adam and Eve in the garden and even Noah are the interactions between God and individuals, but in a really cosmic scale. You know, Adam and Eve are kind of symbolizing all of humanity, uh, and in Noah, all of humanity gets wiped out and then rebuilt. But here, we've narrowed down to one couple and God's intentionality to do something in their lives. So it's a drastic difference from what comes before. And that could be a preachable text in that in that sense of God really entering deeply into individuals' lives. So if you wanted to do that, I would suggest starting maybe back in um, chapter 11, verse 27. You have a little bit of begats in there. Sure. Um, and it, it tells where Abram came from. Remember, at this point, Abram is not yet Abraham. Abram's name is changed when he is given the promise. Um, The benefit of starting that far back is you get Sarai included in there, Abram's wife, who is a very important part of this story. In fact, in chapter 17, Abram just kind of wants to ditch her and leave her behind and go with Ishmael, the son he already has through Hagar. And God says, no, 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 we're not going to do that. Sarai is an important part of this story. Mm -hmm. So if God thought that, the least we could do would be to include her name in this important text. So that's a helpful way to is backing up a little bit gets you to that point. Um, Another interesting piece about backing up is that we learn where Abram came from. Abram came in verse 28 in his native land, Ur of the Chaldeans. Now, when was the last time you visited Ur, Tim? Don't know if I've been there. (laughs) You you haven't had the pleasure? No, no. So Ur of the Chaldeans would become Babylonia, which would become modern-day Iraq. And it's worth, I think, 
naming the fact that one of our greatest quote-unquote faith heroes hailed from the Iraqi area. And that gentle reminder might not be misplaced considering um, the tensions that sometimes we feel in America between uh, the West and what we call the Middle East. So those are some of the benefits of starting a little bit further back. Um, But really, I mean, if you have time, and this is a plug that sort of has to do with preaching, the Abraham story is so good and so formative that if y'all have 20 minutes right now, pause this podcast and just read it. Start at 11 verse 25 and go through chapter 22 or chapter 25 if you have time. It's an incredible story and it will remind you of why you wanted to do this whole pastor thing in the first place. So that's my tangent there. Tim, can you bring me back into line? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it is, it's a wonderful, wonderful story, and it's one that gets a lot of airtime, too, because it's, you know, it's Abraham. <laughs> so what do we do? We, we've had to wrestle with this kind of thing before, like, say, last week, <laughs> <laughs> and preaching really familiar stories. So it's, it's possible that your whole congregation may have heard the story of the call of Abraham, and yeah, 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 that's, that's old news. So how do you preach something like this? One is so familiar. Yeah, so so that's one of the benefits to lengthening it is you get some of that information that makes it a little stranger, that makes it a little like, oh, mm-hmm. he came from the Iraqi area. Interesting. I didn't know that about Abraham, uh, which is just one of those things that people kind of chew on throughout the week and can be a hook that brings your sermon and God's word to mind when they're just going about their daily life. So mm-hmm. lengthening it is one option for making the familiar story a little bit more preachable. The other option, which I know is totally something I never say, make it shorter. Read the text, but pick one tiny aspect of the story and really just lean into it. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples. So in Jewish scripture, this chapter is titled Lech Lecha. And if you're going to spell that in English, like if you have a projector that you want to put that up on screens for your uh, folks, you can spell it L-E-K-H space L-E-K-H-A, Lech Lecha. So Lech Lecha is the first thing God says to Abram, and it's just go forth or go. Mm -hmm. Uh, One could almost say it's the first commandment God ever gives someone in the Bible. And Abram and Sarai listen to it. They go. It's insanity. That kind of obedience is just insane because they are leaving behind every possible support structure they have and going. Now, this is the second Sunday in Lent. So what might it look like to preach about obedience? And that word is such an interesting word. It's it's beloved in some denominational circles, and it is a dirty word in others. And I would say, if it's beloved in your circles, don't preach it because it's too familiar. But if it's something that's never talked about in your congregation, obedience to God, lean into that a little bit. What does an openness to God's lech lecha look like in your setting? And what might you do in your sermon to nurture your people in that? The Bible is very clear that if there's one thing God wants us to do, it's to listen 
when God speaks and to do what God is calling us to do. And as Lutherans, we believe that in baptism, we are given new hearts, new ears, new bodies to be able to do that. So how do you empower your people to see themselves as an obedient servant of God in a way that can change their lives and the lives of the people around them? Mm -hmm. So that could be one little tiny piece of it that you could lift up um, and make a whole sermon out of. One of my favorites is um, is the end of verse 3. In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. We really like to talk about the promises that Abraham that Abram has given by God, Abram and Sarai, of family, of descendants, of a great name, of a land. And then sometimes we kind of leave off this last one, that another promise that Abram has given is that in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. You could have a nice sermon connecting this line to the gospel text for today, which is the very famous, perhaps overly familiar, John 3. Maybe you preach on this, not only John 3, 16, but 16 to 17, that lesser known sibling of the really famous, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever may believe in him may not perish, but have eternal life. And then Jesus goes on to say, indeed, God did not send the son into the world in order to curse the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. We have that promise all the way back here in Genesis. And here's my thing. I say this all the time, and I really mean it. There is nothing in the New Testament that does not have roots in the Hebrew Scriptures. Even, I would say, the resurrection of Jesus Christ has its roots in the God of the Old Testament. Because, spoiler alert, it's the same deity. And here, in Genesis 12... We have the roots, I would say, of John 3, 16 to 17. And that could be a really wonderful sermon as well. Lastly, I would say a sermon on interreligious interaction could be a great one, too. Uh, when I was in the parish, I was amazed at how many of my congregants did not know that Muslims claim Abraham as their ancestor, um, as well as Jews and Christians. So if you choose to go a route that talks about kind of the what binds us together, sort of that Maya Angelou, for we are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike, be sure to start at 11 verse 27, as we talked about earlier, to give yourself the full context of who Abram was. Yeah, that's wonderful. So preachers, get going. <laughs> Lech lecha. Lech lecha, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well... All sorts of possibilities with that one. So thanks for giving us some options with such a famous, well-known text. Lots of different directions that preachers could take that. Absolutely. Okay, friends, that's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode. Again, you can go to our website, firstreadingpodcast.com, to see all of our back episodes. And, you know, if there was one that you really liked and wanted to go back to revisit, they're all there. So uh, take a look back there. Uh, if you heard one of our guests that you wanted to take a look at that, that article or that book that they wrote, we have links to all of that on our website, too. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast feed. You can do that on our website or on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast fix. Until next time, I'm Tim McNinch. And I'm Rachel Wren. Lech lecha. <laughs>